welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. Now, you may notice that this is the first episode with a sexy new theme song. Thank you to my friend, Danny Lampton, who's also an evolutionary astrologer and a great musician. On this episode, I interviewed my friend Cameron Allen again. He was on the show on episode seven, and he's a really wise person, a very like sagacious person. Did I say that right? Sagacious, um, which shares the same root language as Sagittarius, you know, and it has a very similar meaning. Someone who's like wise, at least that's what I think it means. I should probably look it up. He's a wizard. He's really fun. He's definitely like a trickster. I had, so we were just at Norwalk together, the Northwest Astrological Conference, and I was really inspired by his overall vibe. And of course, the wisdom that he shares about the nature of reality. It's so funny. I just actually just had like a flashback of one time back, you know, years ago, I was like at my parents' house um, on some kind of, I guess, vacation or break or something. And I was hanging out with a friend. And when my friend left, my brother was like, was that fun? Did you guys talk about the nature of reality? And I was like, how did you know? Of course, we were talking about the nature of reality. And yeah, I guess it's one of the things that I like to talk about. But I also I really enjoy people who are playing with the matrix of reality, people who don't just take for granted what we think the laws of reality are, but someone who's actually kind of like stepped into the matrix, stepped outside of the matrix and knows how to work with it in a really unique way. The Northwest Astrological Conference was super fun. It was sold out this year for the first time, which is a testament to astrology's growing popularity, truly. And um, Cameron is an evolutionary astrologer as well. And he's many other things. He's a Gemini moon. He has actually very eclectic interests and a real beautiful way of synthesizing different systems as well. In this episode, we talked about play and different ways of navigating reality from a more playful perspective and kind of the tensions between play and seriousness um, and how to hold both, um, which in the times, you know, as Cameron was mentioning this and as it's something that we all feel like these are really intense times. And so play is a really important medicine. And what also is really interesting about play, something that I learned my last semester in school, I was in a philosophy, cosmology and consciousness master's program. And in the last semester, I got to read something by Robert Bella and he produced this huge text um, about like the history of human evolution. And he dives into what play is from this kind of biological evolutionary standpoint. And basically play developed in mammals when there was what he calls a relaxed field. So needs for the mammals, the little baby mammals are taken care of by their parents. Um, the mammals take time to develop and take time to become independent. And so while they're just kind of held in the safety of their family environment, they play like you see kittens or lion cubs or little kids, they, they just play. So it's something that emerged when there's safety, when there's not safety, when it's a survival situation, when people are stressed, you know, play takes a backseat. So there's that. And then there's also the element of play being connected to ritual and ritual being connected to religion. And the way that when we play, we're actually being very creative. We're creating a reality. And ritual is a form of serious play. Religion even emerges as this form of very serious play. And then religion influences reality. So when we play with reality, it's not just that we're having fun. It's that too, <laughs> definitely. But we're actually shifting reality. We're becoming aligned with the force of creation. And ever since I hung out with Cameron and got inspired to think about play more, since we were hanging out at Norwalk, I've just made a shift in my everyday life to take note of when I'm stagnant, when I'm feeling stuck. And we talk about this in the episode about motion or emotion being 
energy in motion. And so he was saying this great insight on this episode about how we tend to think that when we're feeling stagnant, when emotions have stopped and they're, they're stagnant inside of us, that's what we normally label as emotion, but that's actually stuck energy. And that emotion is the whole process of it moving. And so play is a form of moving energy. And when we move energy, we create realities. And I've been inspired to literally play more, to be weird more, and to notice how when I let things move through me, when I shake things out, when I go plant my feet into the ground, when I go like stomp around outside, or just be weird in whatever way that I want to be, something is happening energetically that's more than just me like releasing chemicals in my body or something. <laughs> like something is happening in the cosmos. And I can say that because when I feel stuck and when I'm stagnant and in some kind of rut, I notice that reality around me seems kind of stalled, like things aren't happening. But as soon as I loosen up and I let go and I start playing, things start happening around me. Like it's like the momentum of reality picks itself up again. So why is that? You know, like what's this esoteric dimension of play? And that's part of what inspired this conversation today and why I wanted to ask Cameron more about it. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation that we had about play and structuring reality with play. Thanks, Cameron, for joining me again. I appreciate you having me again. It's always a pleasure, especially after last week. Yeah, so that was Norwalk and that was super fun. What was your um, takeaway or some of your highlights from Norwalk? And so just for people listening, that's the Northwest Astrological Conference. Well, this year, actually, it was a much more of a like a connecting kind of thing. It was much more of a social gathering for me. I even like elected a chart that looked really, really nice for like, you know, furthering myself in my career and like just communicating, connecting with people. So it definitely was a different experience than my first NORAC where I was like kind of just like by myself trying to figure out what NORAC was all about, just learning and like just ingesting a lot of a lot of content. And this year I went in with like a whole different mindset. So it was but it was great, though. It was great. And there were so many more people because last year was a UAC year. So that made a huge difference. And there was a lot of new people there. So it was like a lot of youthful energy, which like the year before that, um, it wasn't that way. Let's just say that. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it so much. And even like not be staying at the hotel and having that space. It was just like really, really nice. And I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. It was really social. And I feel like last year we were like the kids. And then this year there was a generation younger than us for the first time. At right, Norwalk, right. <laughs> in my experience, at least like the Pluto and Saggies. I just love them. So yeah, yeah, that was super cool to see, especially since um, with my Capricorn still, I'm like, last year I was a child and now I'm a old wise man. <laughs> I mean, you're a wizard. Like, let's be real. I So I wanted to share this story um, with the listeners about how the last time that we recorded a podcast together, we were chatting at the end um, after the recording ended and you noticed that I had like coughed or something and you were like, I, and I think I told you that I was having trouble sleeping. That's what it was. And you told me that maybe I had something going on with my lungs and that if I took some tea for like a sore throat or mullein or something like that, that I would probably sleep through the night. And then you offered to like help me or like send some kind of assistance energetically. And I did drink some tea for my throat that night and didn't manage to sleep through the night. But when I woke up in the middle of the night in that half like subliminal like sleep state, I could feel your presence and both of us being like, shit, <laughs> like I woke up <laughs> and I confirmed with you in the morning and you were like, yeah, I knew. And so I just, I really want to know how you do that. <laughs> how you know, like, cause I get feelings sometimes about what other people are up to and it just comes to me, but I don't consciously like travel into other people's like dream spaces. Like, I don't know how to do that yet. So just like from your perspective, what was that about? Right. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always tell people too, it's like, I don't understand it, but I always like to ground things in like the most physical, practical way. So I'll even give an example. Like, uh, when I played football, I tore my ACL 
And for like two and a half weeks, I didn't even know I tore it and I continued to play football. And then I like injured it more. So then like pretty much they gave me the diagnosis, like I tore my ACL and I went and talked to this doctor. Um, it was like the same doctors that work with uh, Blake Griffin, the basketball player out in Oklahoma. So they were like really good doctors. And he was telling me that like, like how I was standing on my leg, the way my body was uh, like the, my body was, uh, I guess you could say like understanding space. He said that like I had great, what is called proprioception. So for me, it's like that, like I could feel where things weren't working out in my knee. So I know where to be at in space. So that's pretty much what I do. I like feel somebody's consciousness and I literally just like use my like, let's say astral proprioception and I just go to the space that they're in because everybody has some type of essence in and that's what I deal with, like working with patterns. So when I can feel the essence of something, then I can become present in that space, in that time, whenever I seem to choose to. And not to say that I can do this consciously all the time, but every single time that I've tried it, it has worked. So, yeah. Also, I always invite people to know that it's like the faith of it all, you know, the faith of the nonlinear things. You know, sometimes you just got to have faith and belief. And just start there and then move forward with that. So, yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I work with it. But also, I mean, even just understanding our own body and like, oh, OK, here's another practice that I used to do. So I would used to stand up on like one foot and then I would put my hands like really close to my head and then like go down my body, down to my shoulders, down to my torso. And I would just feel that and like see how that felt. So little practices like that over time have just helped me be able to contact energy in a different way or like engage with energy in different ways. A lot of times I forget because, yeah, I mean, I contributed to my first house stellium because I'm just like in every moment doing things and it's just very instinctual. But over time, even if you're doing instinctual things, it accumulates, you know, the practices that you do. So just sticking at it, just like if somebody wants to lift weights, you know, you lift that the astral muscle. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And it's, um, I think that some people might think that it's in their imagination, but the imagination is actually a portal into moving energy. Yeah, for sure. And even like in, in my meditations with my teacher, she would always say like, imagine roots coming out of your feet down to the ground. And then she would like give extra instructions. Like once they're in the ground, like do this or do that. And then she would also always go back and she said, if you can't feel it, just the imagination of it itself is enough. Is enough. That's cool. So we at Norwalk, you showed me how to do a grounding meditation. We went outside and like, I was feeling a little bit stressed. I think that all the energy, like, I don't mind crowds to begin with, but an astrology crowd, um, there was something overwhelming about it. Like I could feel the static in my brain. And like the buzzing, like it felt like a hive, you know? And so we went outside. <laughs> no, there's even more to this, I guess. Or like I had passed by you and I was like, I have a headache. And then um, we like crop, like went our separate ways. And then a few minutes later, I was trying to find you again. And I saw you across the hall and you're like, oh, I was just looking for you. Or I just sent you like a psychic message. <laughs> and so <laughs> then we went outside and did this grounding meditation. And it started with that, like feeling your feet, feeling the roots. Um, but after that, and like, I mean, it immediately shifted how I felt like immediately all the tension in my body went away. But when I went back inside the conference, everything just clicked into place and lined up perfectly. So since Norwalk and getting home, I've been playing with that, um, grounding. You showed me how to just kind of like release anything into the earth and then absorb energy back up. That's nourishing. So it's kind of like trading your energy <laughs> and the earth like yeah. transmutes that too. Like that's what like compost and all of that. But it's just really remarkable how making that energetic shift will make things click into place in my day. And things just work better. So you talked a lot about 
um, kind of mastering this reality when we are hanging out. And so I just want to know more about that. Like, what is, what is this reality? How do we master it? I know that's a big question, but we can just start (laughs) where, Yeah. yeah. I guess even to start with just talking about that whole thing, like where you put the roots into the ground and then the energy comes back up, you know, on some level, mastering the reality, the fundamentals of this reality, understanding that, um, everything is cyclical. Right. And, and they even taken like, let's take the water cycle. So the, like the, the water cycle, it's basically taking all the water that's here on the land and it's taking it up into the clouds. And then it's like, transmuting it and then dropping it back down and it's doing that continuously and the same thing that is the water cycle is the same thing that we do with our metabolism and our digestive system and the same thing we do with our metabolism and our our digestive system we do that when we put energy through the roots of our feet into the ground for it to be transmuted and then brought back up so essentially we're turning everything into uh, a refinement process it's out it's the alchemical process you know, it's like putting like even when we distill essential oils, it's like getting the essence of something and then like getting rid of the extra stuff to make like something that is more potent. So even just like observing things like that in nature, we can begin to master reality because we begin to understand the reality. So before you can master anything, yeah, it's always about gathering information to learn, you know, what it like what is it we're even dealing with here you know and then we sift through that and then we experience that and then we become that which yeah that's the, even like mute that's like the whole mutable thing that's that just ran through right there now that i think about it you got you got gemini which is like the gathering of the information and then in virgo you gotta be like well mm, i don't know about this one you know let me edit this i don't know if that was like actually working in a practical way and then you experience it over and over again and you just use your intuition with it after you sift through the things in Virgo and then in Pisces, you just are it. So the Sagittarius part was that, um, experience part. Yes. Yeah. I, I correspond Sagittarius to experience a lot of times, even just like with the whole, like, um, Sagittarius opposed to Gemini with Gemini, you're saying words and labeling things. And in Sagittarius, you just experience it directly experience it and knowing that we always need both of those things to be together and separate. They are not, you know, um, whole. So, yeah, totally. I was writing about that in next week's forecast about how it can be kind of simplistic to say that, Oh, if you label and name things, you can't experience them. Like you can label something in a way that deadens it, or you can label something in a way that is a portal that opens up even more meaning. It's like a difference, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just talking to my friend about this last night, how we, um, you know, how we polarize things too, you know? It's like there was so much labeling going on that we disliked that now we're like, don't label me or I'm not going to label this thing. And I'm like, well, it's still an experience and we can use labeling, but we just don't need to use things how other people use things in the past. So, yeah, and I'm always super focused on like, when people are like hyper polarizing things because yeah, we like create new distortions based off distortions when we're trying to create something new. So we got to always be mindful of that. Yeah. Well, evolutionary astrology and studying (laughs) that I feel like opens up the ability to see polarity. Like it's so such an amazing language for that. Oh yeah. Cause in even just like I was saying with the water cycle, it's like the rain's coming down and then what's it going to do? It's going to go back up and then it's going to go down and it's going to go back up and it's going to go down and go back up because that's what everything does is that continuous back and forth. And, you know, and that is the one thing. That, so when you were talking about the cycles, that made me think that if I'm like having a weird day and energy's just off and it continues to stay off, that it's like, maybe I have a backlog of energetic clutter and like, that's just blocking me from having like an experience and then if you just like let it go into the earth, you actually like open up the the flow of reality to happen again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And even we didn't do a practice like this because it didn't feel necessary, but like sometimes I just get on the ground and just like hit the ground until I can like feel my hands vibrating or stomp on the ground or, you know, until I feel the vibration changing, you know, it's, or even just like tapping myself 
or even just like making like noises, like you know, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah. You showed me that one about like rubbing your stomach and being like, mmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, like right. instant it's like vibration. Anything to get the energy moving, right? Exactly. It's like anything we can do to get the energy moving because that's what emotion is. It's energy in motion, and we have defined emotions now in this reality as a consensus to be when energy in motion is actually stuck. So a lot of times when people are like, oh, you're being emotional, it's like actually they're being, the energy in motion is stagnant. And that's what people are highlighting as being emotional. Wow. And that's something that's like super, right, exactly. It's something that's been like super huge for me because I'm like, I'm feeling this, now let me move with it. Because if we don't move with it, then it gets stagnant. And that has become a social norm and that's something deeply that I like try to decondition in this reality so we can all master it. Yeah. So what's going on with like conditioning? Because I feel in evolutionary astrology, that's such a portal for opening up an understanding of conditioning and then how there's reality, like ultimate reality. And there's this kind of box of reality. That's all the rules that yeah. we've collectively agreed upon and yeah. that those rules have then influenced us over time. So um also like a lot of the theme that came up so much at Norwalk with you and what you were sharing and what I was learning from you was play and that play and conditioning feel different. Like they're, um, I guess like Capricorn Leo, like quincunx kind of stuff, but, um, okay. yeah. Like what do you think is going on in terms of, you know, if we're supposed to move emotion through us and if we have these magical powers and like alchemical powers as humans, what's happened in our conditioning that has made us forget that? And how do we open back up that conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's automatically taking me directly into the realm of Saturn and how people view Saturn. Uh, just from the Just from the perspective of Saturn being like, energetically masculine is the way a lot of people see it or even Capricorn energy being like somebody who is like trying to climb to the top of the mountain. And, you know, it's like that all that stuff is very masculine oriented and it has, yeah, it has distorted the archetype because to me, this reality has boundaries, but it's not like boundaries that um, are being imposed upon us. It's just like, it's actually like, a boundary that is like about protection, you know, it's like, I always look at it now as like, whereas before the bones were Saturn in Capricorn, and that's like very hard and people stick to that, where now for me, it's the fascia. So it's about being held um, in spaces. It's about holding space. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's so much there. Uh, but yeah, so so even just the rigidity of where we're at in the reality, it's like people have made up rules and they think that they're laws, but, but they're, but they're really not. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's that's so there's so much there. I'm kind of blanking out real quick though. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's making me think about, um, crystallization. I was just reading about Saturn recently and how, patterns that we've created over time can harden and they become reality in a sense. And so deconstructing that, um, I think deconstructing can be scary for people because it's, it can be like breaking a structure that's really brittle. It can feel really insecure. And on the other hand, I feel like certain energetic shifts that we can have, um, are pretty, um, what's the word like instant, and like that thing of just like grounding into the earth and how the earth is a source of abundance. And so I might be scrambling about my day looking for some external form of happiness or connection, like feeling like I'm not complete and I'm just like feeling kind of frazzled. And then I go and like ground my feet into the earth and suddenly I'm like full of abundance. Everything's working out. Like I'm suddenly magnetic. People are wanting to like interact with me or buy things from me all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's like that yeah. shift happened because I just tuned in and grounded and planted my feet into the earth. Like that's pretty radical. And I feel like that doesn't, um, have to challenge a lot of people's conditioning or assumptions about reality, but it's like a nice little edit or kind of portal out of it. Um, 
But then again, I don't know. I haven't like tried to help someone ground their feet into the earth who are super resistant to that idea either. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Which the crystallization would be the issue with that anyway. Right. Like if you like anything that's crystallized, like if you take a crystal and you like try to put water through it, it's like not going to go because it's already crystallized. So there's nothing, there's nothing there. You got to like, on some level, you got to drop it and it has to like break open. It has to fracture, which would be the Uranus energy right after the Saturn. It has to fracture to, 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 you know, have a new structure. Yeah. And also I feel like that's like the divine feminine. Like I always talk about the divine feminine. It's like where people feel like we have to go do stuff, but we're not human doings. We're human beings. So it's like, we need to learn how to just be. You mentioned being connected to the divine feminine the last time we spoke. And I actually saw it at play when we hung out at Norwalk. Like you had all these, like, (laughs) like you were the one beautifying our space too, like with like incense and like, um, I mean, it was like a collaborative, like everyone's energies were like infusing it with a certain magic, but like you were, um, brought these like oils and these tinctures and herbs and like I could just see you like in your zone and being super magnetic because you were just enjoying things and it was like this sensual reality of like good smells and like herbs and yeah 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 like even yeah it's so so Venusian it's like that's and I'm in a and I'm actually in a a Taurus perfection year um if anybody doesn't know what that is, don't listen to my jargon. That's just me throwing something out there. But yeah, so it's just like everything is just all about the senses. And what the senses do is they draw us in to our experience in this reality, in the now. And that's what and that's what makes us feel harmonious. It's not going out into the astral plane and doing things. I mean, that is good and it has its place. But what are we bringing back? Like, are we bringing back the sensation of like, I am otherworldly and I am divine within my body because if not, then we're just going to be wanting to get away. That's such a good point. That, and I feel like that could create pain so much when it's like this other reality and it's so divine and so heavenly, but it's not here. Like that gap is so intense. So. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's also just a part of the conditioning which, yeah, even like going back to like mastering reality, that's, that's the first thing we really have to do. We have to understand the conditioning that we're in. Because you know? it's, it's, it's layered on heavy. It is. So I was just in the, like this philosophy, cosmology and consciousness program, which I've probably talked about a few times on this show, but we were like studying historical trends and how they've formed our belief systems about reality. And It was like, you know, two years of unpacking that. So now I have to figure out how to condense it. But, um, you know, and what's the like elevator pitch version of that. But it confirmed and really expanded something that I learned originally from evolutionary astrology, which is that like there's an ultimate reality and then there's this social matrix. But we get so immersed in, I guess, the Maya of this social matrix and its rules. And so it's just fun to break out of it every now and then. And I feel like um, some of the archetypes I've sensed from you have that like trickster magician wizard, um, energy. And speaking of that, like, what would you say, like, what is the meaning and value of play in this time on earth? Oh yeah. Yeah. Play is just, so in my meditations that that's just been coming through like very strong and it really is just like a polar, like it's the, uh, like the polar opposite of what the conditioning is and the rigidity that we've had. And also just how intense the times that we're in are right now. Like it's, everything is so intense right now that it's like, Oh, like you think you want to be a light worker in this dark time. It's like, you better go climb a tree. Like you better go like jump outside in a puddle. Like just like literally anything that is like the most childish thing that you can do. You like, go do that. It's like, we just go back to being children, you know? And the, the value of play as well, too, I've been working with a lot of clients, especially with, let's take um, health as far as health goes. It's like people will be like very high on their self if they make like the right decision to eat this. And then they'll be low on their self if they make the wrong decision to do that. And knowing that with polarization, really, I, what I, like the play is about navigating each space. So it's about like going back and forth 
and just being like, ooh, what does this do? Ooh, what does that do? Ooh, like, what does this do? It's like, oh, wait, I already knew what that did. <laughs> like, oops, like, <laughs> I did it again. You know, it's <laughs> like, we don't have, we don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to be like so stuck on like, oh, I did this thing and it was wrong. You know, it just could be like, oh man, like I did that again. Like, all right, all right, I get it now. And then next time we still do it, but maybe like we do it less. And like, and how much can we flow with that? And to me, like on some like very like, basic level like that is the play of it all like even even thinking about relationships it's like should i be with this person or should i not be with this person or like should i say this thing to them and i'm like well maybe say half of it to them and see how they respond and then what are you going to do next Ooh, this is kind of fun like even though it's kind of scary it's, it is scary but also still kind of fun to just like navigate and play with it because why are we making this reality so serious you know because it is serious, but it's also definitely, if we look around a lot of times, it is, is a joke on some level, from my <laughs> perspective, at least. Like, from my perspective. Yeah. I mean, there's both. It's so interesting because even right. just, like, rubbing my stomach and making the, like, mmm, like, mm. that makes me happy anytime I do it. <laughs> yeah. And then just, like, then it makes you laugh because it's so silly and it's so accessible. And I think that what I've noticed, like, one of the lessons that I feel like I took away from hanging out with you is that like, if I'm feeling something and I have like a mood cross over me and I'm feeling, yeah, just depressed or stagnant or something that I can actually just shake it out or like rub my stomach or do some kind of breath exercise or like tap on myself. And that that's the point when things are coming up, like that's a moment where you can transmute something and that another tendency of mine that I'm aware of and that I feel like came to the surface and like died somehow is like, um, and I, I hope that I don't forget it again, but like, I do have like earth stuff in my chart, Taurus moon. And so like, I can be very stable. And I think the drawback of that is that I can be experiencing a negative emotion and be really stuck and just sit there. Be like, well, I feel depressed. So I'm just going to like snack and watch Netflix right now and like numb out or I could go outside in the sunshine and like stomp around and like shake it out. And every time I make the, that higher choice, I'm rewarded for it. And so I feel like I just saw you doing that. Like you were demonstrating that you were as an example of that. And I remembered that that magic is accessible and that having that kind of playful attitude doesn't mean that you don't have triggers that come up or that you aren't serious in some ways it's just a it's a choice to play yeah totally yeah and even yeah most of a lot of people that i work with that have a lot of earth in their chart that's what i tell them to do it's like you have to i mean it's earth it's your body like move that <laughs> you have to like you have to move that like you have to move that you have to be it and like be present with it and the thing about it is we can go right back to like eating the food and then watching Netflix right after we do that. But when we do go move our body, we won't go like so far into it where it is like, I guess more depressive, which is literally the energy of earth. It has like, it's cold. The energy is cold and depressed when it's the winter time. Uh, it's cold and things are in like, not even also, it doesn't have to be depressed as in like sadness, but like depressed function. So it's just like the function has slowed down and it's not moving as much. Just like when it's cold, we're like more contracted in, you know, we're more inward on ourselves and there's more rest. There's more deep rest to have. So yeah, knowing that we don't have to, we don't have to be like, well, I feel this way and I'm just going to feel this way. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're only doing that because people weren't allowing us to feel. So we don't have to go into, like I was saying, like the polarization, we can just play with it. Like, yeah, I'm going to go into that space, but I'm also going to move my body. I'm also going to do the breath of fire for 30 seconds and see how that feels. And then I'm going to get up and jump around and take all my clothes off and then put them back on. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, like, it's just like, it's so, it's so basic, and but it's like so funny and it just, it just lightens everything up. Yeah. It's so... I guess like right now Saturn is squaring my sun. So I'm feeling this, like that could be read as like a depressing transit, but it feels more like I'm being shaped to be more of myself. 
in some way. And like one of the tools to be more of myself is like peak experience. Like I have sun square Uranus natally, like being super happy and like being weird and spazzy in certain ways or like going out and like jumping around. Like that is really important to me. <laughs> like, I think it's just, no one talks about that necessarily as being like a really daily, like an important daily function of your life. Like just go be weird and silly and like, let it out. Um, and then here I am also like, I work a lot and I'm like ambitious and I have a really good work ethic, but I can't just get locked into that because then I don't even get stuff done either. So, right. Right. Yeah. And to me, like people always say Saturn is structured. I'm like, well, the structure of things is that they go back and forth. So structure isn't always like I'm sticking to this one thing and I'm just doing that only. It's like, that's not how you get to the top of the mountain. You go to sleep and then you stretch because your calves are going to get sore walking up a mountain. So, you know, we <laughs> just frame like, cause we like frame structure in just like such, such a man made way or like such a condition. Uh, I give this to you. Now you take it and give it to somebody else kind of way. When really in reality, it's not that like that. And when I say reality, I'm like what the birds do and what, what nature does and how, how the seasons change, you know, the structure is actually, um, movable and changing always. So anytime we think of structure and we think of things being rigid, then from my perspective, yeah, we just are incorrect on some level. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, Saturn, I think it needs to be neutralized a little bit in our perception where it's like, it's cause and effect. It's not like you're bad and I'm going to punish you now. Like, but it is still cause and effect. So yeah. 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 And, and yeah, just like looking at it from, and it's more empowering to not look at it as like, we're getting punished for something like that's because I mean, people frame their relationships that way people form, like we've learned about God in that way. Like there's just so many things, you know, when really it's just like, you just got to be in alignment with what the law is, you know, Saturn is not really mad at you, but you're not allowed to walk through the door. So yeah, you got your face hit, but of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. I feel when I was first studying astrology in depth, learning about Saturn and conditioning made me really excited about building patterns because it was like, there's something a little bit formulaic about Saturn compared to other planets. Like once you figure out the energies, like I could create a pattern and then create a life out of it. So if I want to be, you know, or if I want to be happy and I want to like up my baseline level of emotional reality, it's like those, what are those little things I'm doing every day to influence that into being? Um, but I, I take a lot of liberty with like how I can condition reality because it doesn't have to be so clear about like, oh, I showed up in this physical location for this many hours and did this. And that's going to, you know, I could vacuum my room and that has some kind of esoteric effect on my day. <laughs> like anything can stack up. Right. But yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I do correspond Saturn with space, too. So people always think like it's about time, like you were saying the whole three hours thing. But what if you just hold space? Like some people literally just hold space for ideas for 30 minutes a day. And that was their time that they put in, especially if somebody's uh, creative in this reality where they feel like people have to work hard. It's like, if you just held space for the creativity to come through, then that is discipline. You held the container for that very thing. That is your gift to, you know, come, come by and say hello or show you what the truth of something was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that grounding meditation was like a minute and it changes things. So are there right, any right, other yeah. things you've noticed recently? Cause I, about like common conceptions that people have about reality and that's just totally like, not it. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, one thing that just came up really fast and I've been talking to a lot of people about things this week specifically just like how we eat, you know, that's the main thing that I've been like working with people on. Uh, yeah. The misconception that we can eat however we want. Uh, and also the misconception that we don't have limitations because of the whole like new age or whatever, the new age movement and people feeling like 
we can just do whatever we want. And that is like one of the biggest misconceptions that I see right now, because there's a certain way things are. And like there's chemicals in this in this reality and the chemicals do things and they respond in certain ways in our body. And that's not to say that we can't override them on some level with, you know, chemicals that we make in our brain from like belief and ideas and thought and meditation. But we have to like make it to that point to even play with that energy. It's like you, you, you like we're not even that tall yet, so we can't ride that ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. so what is what are the limitations around food do you think okay so from my perspective um and honestly i i guess i only look at it as a limitation when we lack awareness of it so to me is it's about proper like what is uh the human anatomy and how do we properly combine food and understanding that like let's say something as simple as if somebody eats oatmeal and they want to be healthier, so they think they're upgrading it by putting fruit in it. But in the human anatomy, starches and fruit, they just don't combine properly like for digestion purposes. So we're limited in that way. We're limited by that if we don't understand that that doesn't work. If we know that doesn't work, then we can do it but we won't be limited by it because we won't be consistently doing it over and over and over again. And then 30 years later when our Saturn return comes and we're diagnosed with something, we blame it on Saturn. Like as if Saturn did something when Saturn was like, well, no, I didn't do anything. I was holding space. And that space was fruit doesn't go with oatmeal. You know, (laughs) like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just also invite, I'm not going to go in on like proper food combining, but open invite for everybody to go on YouTube, type in proper food combining and just play with it, you know? And I, when I say play with it, it's like, try it out the way that people are, you know, saying it, that feels right to you. And then go back to what you were doing and see that if you notice a difference in your body and, you know, feel into your body, pat your stomach before you eat it, you know, just little things to get in touch with with what is. Yeah. And I feel like this is really important. Like a lot of, um, we talked about this last time too, how people get really triggered around food stuff and then it's hard to make, um, a lifestyle upgrade with your food. If you're coming from a place of bad self-esteem or shame and that I've noticed like for me on my path with discovering what foods harmonize with me I get the downloads or the upgrades after I've had a spiritual upgrade first. Like I used to have, like I started a daily yoga practice and it was blowing my mind. Like I felt like all these new chemicals were running through me. And, um, but when I started it, I was drinking several cups of matcha a day. So I was like crazy on caffeine and starting a new yoga practice. So I was just on fire and having the best time. And I knew, I know how to contain myself. So I was doing well. And people are like, what's your secret for being so productive? It's like definitely matcha, (laughs) several cups a day (laughs) and this yoga practice that's lighting me up. But I had this dream shortly into it that, um, I was driving in a car and I have car dreams all the time. They're like really symbolic for me about, am I going in the right direction? And I'll get insights through it, but I'm in the driver's seat and there's this like yoga mat covering me. (laughs) And this voice tells me like, you're using yoga to hide the fact that you're eating jam and jam. They didn't mean literal jam, but it's like a car. So like a car jam. And I really thought about it and I was like, universe, like, what am I eating? That's jam, you know? And I found out really shortly after that, that I should cut out dairy, like that I am basically allergic to dairy and I was still eating it. And so I just completely cut it out and I, it felt amazing, but I couldn't cut out dairy before then because it wasn't coming from that spiritually connected self-love place. I think I knew that maybe dairy wasn't the best for me, but I still just wanted to eat cheese, you know? And so having that dream and just feeling like high, like I was so high doing all that yoga and drinking all that caffeine, but it gave me this like vision. And then two years later, like, or maybe a year and a half later, I saw an acupuncturist who was like, you need to stop drinking so much caffeine. Like it's not good for your adrenals. And so I learned how to stop drinking caffeine every day, but it, it never came from a, a strict, like 
domineering my body place. It was always this intuitive, like, how can I upgrade my food life right now? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And that's and that's perfect. And I always invite people to make it as natural as possible. And also the thing about it is like we come from spaces of judgment so much and all this information that's out here right now, too, is kind of crazy. But yeah, we come from a space of judgment so much that we're like trying to be our own authority. A lot of times when people are like giving us advice on things. So it's like, you can't tell me that I can't do that. Like, this is what I know what's best for my body, you know, but, you know, sometimes it's just like incorrect, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just incorrect. And, but, and the thing is like, we, when somebody teaches us something and they're being like loving and you can feel the nurturing and like the nourishment that they're trying to like convey within you, it's so much easier for them to be like, oh yeah, I'll try that. Because like, the way you delivered it was just like so loving that it's just like, yeah, like that feels like that would be nourishing. Like, I don't know if it was your voice or that was the truth, but like, it just feels like loving. Yeah. That's and good. we should do that all the time for ourselves as well. We should do that for ourselves. We, it's like so important. That's so true. The judgment factor is so high. Yeah. Also it's like, like life doesn't really judge us from my perspective. It has been what it has been the whole time. It like didn't change because uh, we're in the 20th century. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it did in some type of ways. Like over time, it might have had little changes. Like even like, for instance, like I've noticed, like if I'm detoxifying somebody who's African-American, who is closer to being like in the tropics, you know, on eating more fruit, or like, you know, in vegetables and wasn't necessarily um, on like more meat diets, like people who are farther away from the tropics. Like, let's say we took somebody from Alaska and tried to put them on fruit or something like that. Like that would be much more difficult than somebody who has been eating meat, but they live like in the tropics because they're genetics, you know, and that's going back to the conditioning and Saturn and things crystallizing because the more crystallized something is, the longer it's going to take to soften it. So, and those are just like, to me, I'm like, those are just correct facts, you know? So it's not a judgment. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just, what is occurring? Mm, That's a really good point. And I mean, it makes sense with like working with clients astrologically. It's like you take into account their cultural background and that could work with diet stuff too. It makes me think too, how much Saturn is about growing up and how like, it's up to us at the end of the day, like how we're going to eat or take care of ourselves. And some of the things that are easier to do or that we want to do may not be the most mature decisions, but yeah. And how to hold like having fun and playing with this reality and being responsible at the same time, which is a polarity that I think people can really struggle with, but they don't necessarily have to be at odds, but it takes some imagination and like reinvention to combine the both. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's so funny because like i had people at norwalk asking me about the whole play thing and like even you saying that i'm like yeah you just got to play with the play like <laughs> or i like would like get into these talks with people and there was at least like four people that i had like really profound play talks with and like by the end of it we were both just like giggling it's like how much can you play who can you really play with like do you like their sandbox do you like their playground because if you don't want to play with them, then don't even play. <laughs> Just go play. You know, and like that whole like trickster duality playing with the play of playing with words. Like it's it's so funny. Just like going back and forth. With <laughs> That's it. so good. Like that just reminds me like you were showing me how to Reiki my food. And then you were saying, because I think I asked you, like, how do I do it? Like, it's this really serious thing. And I wanted to know the technique. And like, at the end of it, you can just kind of rub your hands together and like have an intention ground into the earth and then put your hands over your food and set this intention. It doesn't have to be like a, a correct way of doing it per se. But like that really opened things up for me because there's just certain little things like that that I would do every day if I thought that I was doing it right. And that just showed me like my own conditioning about when am I not willing to do something playful? Cause I'm worried about it being right or wrong. Like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what, <clears throat> and that's what I've been doing. Like anytime something gets too serious, I'm like, wow, this feels like really constricting, intense, tense oriented. And I don't think that's what this space should be about. So I'm going to go play somewhere else. 
Yeah, it's good to keep in mind. It's been making me rethink like, yeah, just how I go about every day. And like when I start to get tense, like this isn't necessary. Yeah. 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 The structure is play. Yeah. When we can make our structure being about play, then, you know, and also like when I say play, people can always just like put in the word navigating, you know, play is just more fun. So you can navigate stuff and that works, but you know, it's, you're just playing when you do that anyway. Cause you're like, I think this is the correct way. And then you're like, Ooh, I was wrong. Let me go over here now. And it's like, you just playing, you acting like, you know, but you don't know. So just know that you don't know. And then, you know, in play. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right. Well, you heard everyone like go out and play and be weird and see what that does to shift your reality. And also Cameron does do readings like you do them remotely too. Right. So people should definitely reach out to you. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, you can reach me at my email address at cadreamplanet uh, at gmail.com. And then also you can find me on Instagram at cadream6. You can find me on Twitter at cadream7. And you can find me on Facebook at Cameron Allen. Uh, and I'm about to get my website up within the next few months here now, especially at like Norwalk actually like really inspired me to like put my bootstraps on and get it going on certain things. So yeah, in my, in a lot of my readings too, depending on what somebody wants, we can literally look at like every single layer of the energetics. So we can look at your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, and just like what your consciousness is trying to stream through. So it's just like, a, it could be a very layered thing, or it could just simply be a, a decon, you can do a deconditioning session or, you know, there's many things that we can do. So just reach out and let me know and we'll figure it out. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Like, I feel like people just would benefit so much from what you have to say. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. I appreciate you having me again. This is always awesome. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll catch you next week.